What's up, guys? It's John Nelson, and you're listening to the Starting Block Podcast. This, guys, is a show for complete and holistic athletic development. Our objective here is to give you the tools to win, whether you are the athlete, the parent, or the coach. If you're new to our show, here's how we operate. We have multiple shows within the show. So the first episode you'll hear from us. This is where my co-host and I, Chris Scarborough. What's up, Chris? Good afternoon. So where Chris and I will do a Q&A. That's a bi-weekly episode. That's where we'll tackle the questions you guys submit to us. Chris, where can they submit questions? Info at startingblockpodcast.com. Yep, we've gotten some good questions. We've gotten some questions on our YouTube page as well, which is fine. You can leave a comment under the videos, and I will see that. You can. We also get a lot of questions from the gym, too. So if you're a parent or an athlete that is a client of ours, and you ask us a great question, we might bring it on the air, because I'm sure somebody else has the same question. So Q&A. The other bi-weekly episode, that is going to be our guest interview. That is... Essentially, like every other podcast on the planet, that's where we will bring on a guest. These are our colleagues. These are people that we know. These are people that share the same core values and mission that we do here at the starting block. And they're going to share their stories of success, their tools to win with their clients, their patients. And ultimately, it helps provide you guys a network of people you can connect with. So that is our guest interview. And then the final episode you'll hear is more of a quarterly episode is Friday Fire and Fact. That's 15, 20 minutes of me giving you a little bit of insight into maybe the business side of stuff, the motivational side of it, maybe a case study that I had, something like that, something just a little off the beaten path but still related to our industry. That is our show breakdown. We do not run ads on the show. All we do is we ask that if you got value out of this, just share the show. It's pretty simple, guys. We don't ask for much in return for this. This takes a lot of time. It does not. Uh, it is. It does cost us money. It is not free. So we just ask that you share the show. Do us a solid. Bring us a friend. Share the show. So that is our. Uh, it's our breakdown. So I think we covered it. So what's up, man? How are you doing today? Great, man. Great, great. Uh, happy Tuesday. Weather is gorgeous here today. So uh, sitting outside, and I think I got a couple of good questions for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we were talking just a minute ago off air about some of the things that are getting we're getting ready to release and some things we have upcoming and uh we've had a lot of interest this let's see let me think real quick yeah okay this episode is going to be coming out november like 4th or something or something i don't remember so we've had some interest as far as the david buer episode coming up episodes if you saw yes Oh, that was the secret. I wasn't going to let that out yet, oh, man. Oh, my but bad. Yes, episodes. Um, so there you go. So for the people, because I've been telling people you're just going to have to listen and, and wait and see. So I may have sorry. to edit that out. No, I blow it. I so blew blank it. space. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Dead air. Ready? Three, two, one. Okay. Dead air. There we go. That way I can edit that out. <laughs> so, <clears throat> nah, but uh, yeah, David is going to be a three-part episode. And I really do fundamentally believe that that is going to change a lot of people's opinion on training, on the mentality of things, uh, on how your emotions play a role in all this. And it was a really, really good session. 
you know? Yes. Would you, I mean, what, what are your overall thoughts on it? Oh no, I absolutely agree. Um, it, so much of, of the, so much of the information that we covered with Jay Schroeder, uh, to, with Dan Victor to a certain degree, so many things become more clear and especially that if you kind of stop thinking of training in, in terms of purely physical and you truly get into the, as you just mentioned, the, the, the mental and emotional side of it, the, the spiritual side of it, the intellectual side of it, hopefully when, when they begin to hear David's info, then, okay, some of that stuff will become more clear, especially as they get into that kind of stuff themselves, right? If you're not a participant... Yeah. You will never learn this stuff. You've got to participate. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's a very good point. So that that will be a three-part episode that's going to come out over the holidays. We, uh, we are actually working on getting together to do something like this again. As far as some of the other guests we got coming on, too. So we're getting, we're getting into the holiday season, guys. And so understand that most of the time, our, I mean, we're booked out months in advance and sometimes we have to wait months in advance to get some of our guests so today's q <laughs> right. is kind of impromptu because we actually we had dr jack cruz scheduled to come on again and he had to reschedule so we'll be getting him on i think probably at the beginning of the year um that's what we hope garrett right. let's see garrett sal peters episode came out last week at this point so we'll have david and then we have a really really special guest coming on that some of you guys may not know who he is, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it for a second because this is going to be a little different for our show. But we're we're really fortunate to be able to have TC Hale join us, and I'm trying I'm trying to do some John math right now, which is not not usually a good thing. But <laughs> I, I think that episode should be able to come out before the end of the year. And for those of you guys that don't know who TC Hale is. We can genuinely say that TC maybe changed the course of ELP. I know it changed the course of my wife's career for sure. Chris actually brought TC. I think, Chris, you were the one that told us about TC, right? I might have. I, feel like you it, were. It's, I did his. Uh, I did the health pro course that he put out mm-hmm. when it first came out. Yeah. I mean, I was actually, I was actually in the, uh, what do they call okay. it, the, 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 the beta test group. And um, okay. so we still get access to all that. Uh, phenomenal information. Cool. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. yes, it might, might very well have been for me. Yeah. 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 And so quick summary, I'm not going to ruin anything. I just want you guys to understand how, how huge getting TC, um, is and the information he's going to provide. So his short story was, I think he was a comedian, had some health issues. It basically tried to figure some things out on his own. And then he solved a lot of health related stuff. And then, became a well-known author and, I guess, health practitioner. But his book series is called Kick It in the Nuts. And, yes, it's called Kick It in the Nuts. <laughs> Kick It and in the, the Nuts. the things That's that right. he talks about, guys, are absolutely eye-opening. If it makes perfect sense, Mandy went extremely far into all of his programs, started working with him, I think, almost directly, like pretty close with part of his Facebook group, things like that. So it's really good, guys, because this is going to dig into a lot of things that I think our industry needs to have a better understanding of. It goes a lot deeper than just getting protein, fats, and carbs in. There's a lot of stuff going on with your digestion, your gut, a lot of things that you'll see that, in, 
influence recovery, influence the physical traits that we as coaches try to work on. Some of the rehab type stuff, some of your successes with that are also dependent on what the gut is doing as well. So it's going to be a really good episode, and we're really excited. So make sure you yep. give that one a, a listen too. So, yes. um, cool. All right. Um, yeah. So that is uh, that's what we got coming down the pipeline, and so I think today's Q and A. So let's let's get to it, man. All right. So question number one, you got a beginning athlete, maybe they've never worked out before or they're just beginning to. How can you safely go about training a, an absolute rank beginner when it comes to training? Okay, cool. That's a good question. Yep. And I think that's probably relevant because I know we have, I think we have quite a few parents and stuff that listen to the show. And um, so well, I'm going to wait for that. I guess you're recording outside. I'll wait for that policeman to go by. Okay. All right. Um, I tell you what we'll do. Let's split this up. I'll take more of the kind of the strength weight room side of it. And and you take kind of more of the speed element to it. Um, you know, when it comes to youth in my gym, I have a cutoff of 13 years old. Now I do that simply because we're, I don't have a whole team of coaches under me. And so just with how in depth we go with a lot of stuff, like, extreme isometrics, uh, you know, a lot of goad stuff, utilizing the newbie, things like that. For me, I think it's just smarter that uh, I, I can help a thir- uh, someone under 13 out and, and their parents can help them along the way. When they get older, they can pay attention to what we're doing. I know some of you guys have, some of our listeners have a great youth class. I've seen it, and it's, it's awesome. My opinion is, so I'm kind of talking about if they're younger than 13, Usually, I think your body weight type stuff that mom and dad can do are great. I think a lot of change in direction, movement, games, things like that are fun. So I'm going to talk from 13 older. 13 older, I would basically evaluate biological and chronological age. That's a big factor for me. You know, biological age is how old they actually are. Or excuse me, chronological age is how old they actually are. Their biological age those is their maturity. And we all know what that's like. I mean, sometimes you've met a you know, 13 year old who's going on 18. Um, I just met a 12 year old the other day who's six <laughs> one. So, you nice. know, there's, there's a difference, right? And so like, if they're mature, keep that in mind. Um, because that, I think that plays a big role in how well they're going to understand and, and implement what you're doing. So from the weight room side of stuff, I would usually say two, maybe three days a week. If they're doing two, then they can maybe get that third one at home, body weight type stuff. And then it's basic progressions, right? Like the simple stuff that most coaches know, or even parents for that part. I would break it down, and I kind of got this method from Kelly Baggett, who I've reached out to. And Kelly, if you hear this, I'd love to have you on the show, bro. You essentially, I I always start out with some type of like, some type of general type of tissue warm-up. And I know even when kids are young, I think that's still important, especially in today's age, because... As I've said on the show multiple times, we have actually de-evolved as a human race, and that includes our kids. So some soft tissue work, whether that's foam rolling, lacrosse ball work, things like that. Then uh, I'll get into the warm-up. My warm-ups consist of primarily go-to-work. So we'll do a lot of our rockers, child rocker, toe tuck, hip stretch, rocker flies, um, all of our groundwork. And then I'll add a little bit of flow work into that as well into my warm-up. And then... If I'm not doing straight GOTA or straight like ultrafit Evo sports stuff, if I'm going to kind of teach them some baseline progressions, we're going to do a main lift, but the main lift is going to be obviously modified largely. So we're not just going to have them go jump under a squat bar. We're going to do squat progressions, right? But I don't even do a lot of squat. We do, we'll deadlift. So 
you know, at 13, I may actually have them on a, on a hex bar, a trap bar. It may be elevated just depending on how high they are, how tall they are, or small or whatever. But, you know, we'll start out pretty simple, right? We'll treat it just like a normal program, just modify based on what they are. So maybe a trap bar, keep it like a bodybuilding style type deal. You know, three sets of, you know, eight to 12, but very moderate weight looking at technique and just getting the form, building their confidence up too. That's huge. And then I'll pick maybe three to four assistance exercises. You know, maybe like one more compound. So like maybe like a goblet squat and then like a dowel drill, for example, then maybe a single leg. And then maybe a core and boom, get out of there. No more than three sets for each. And then I'll do the same thing on like an upper body day, you know, or I may even blend the two together. It just kind of depends on what the programming looks like. But um, actually, I skipped a part in that is what I would say is we do kind of the, the mobility kind of soft tissue stuff, the warm up. But then I'll do like a little movement efficiency slash plyo. So I say movement efficiency is kind of more like. We may do some you know, lateral line hops or some knee to chest jumps or something like that. It just kind of depends. Something like an agility ladder is good. I mean, we all know that agility ladders don't build speed. And if you still think agility ladders build speed, then please reach out to us so we can help you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like they're good warm-up tools, right? They're different things to do. Um, and then a little bit of plyo. And I think the plyo is a big part of it, right? Like really making sure that you regulate that the right way. I will go ahead and treat them just like I would my older athletes, but just understanding the volume and intensity of it. So we still may do altitude drops, but they're going to start off. Whereas my high school kids may start off on a 12 to 20 inch box. They're going to start like a six, you know, and then maybe one or two light plyo exercises. Then we get into that weight stuff. That's that's how I would break the weight room down. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about yeah, the that's... speed side of it? Like, what would you – how would you break the speed stuff down? Well, if you if you kind of think of the the jumps as kind of being the uh, – kind of that bridge between the strength and the speed stuff, I mean, we would do that, – that, that's, that's the advantage of doing something along the lines of, say, Evo, in that you got to keep in mind we don't really have to use any external resistance – meaning a bar to put on their back or whatever, we can basically spend a lot of time teaching that, that, that kid the right positions and everything else. Now, at the same time, let's face it, you got somebody who's 13 years old, you're probably going to have to entertain them a little bit, so you probably do need to have a little bit of variety. You can't just do ISO extremes, you know, as we've discussed with, uh, with Dan. and um, you know, you, you know you, You've got to throw in a little bit of variety. So, yes, so, I mean, we'll certainly throw in you know, the, the, the um, rebounds, altitudes. Uh, we'll do Russian lunges, various things like that, in addition to some ISO extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that said, um, we will also do, uh, instead of doing like a lot of plyos as far as, say, off a height, we will also, especially if we're doing it more for speed, we'll do a lot of things like broad jumps, and we'll go for distance. So we'll say, for example, um, Three repeat broad jumps. So it's three jumps in a row. Jump, land, jump, land, jump. When you land that third time, you, well, how far did you? How far did you go? You're going for distance. You're going to try to beat that set two, and you're going to try to beat that again set three, and so on. So the goal is to is to find something that that can directly carry over to speed, a strength, so to speak, exercise that can directly impact speed. Now, when it comes to speed itself, 
I don't do a lot of, we do a little bit of warming up just enough to get that person loose, prepared, and then we have them do their training very, very quickly, and then we get them out. Mm-hmm. It is not unusual. For, if we're doing just a speed session, it is not unusual for us, us to have someone there for 40 minutes and they're done. That includes warm-up. That includes everything. Um, because especially if they're, if they're training hard in the gym and they're, and, they're, and they're really putting their energy and effort into, say, some, uh, some conditioning you know, we were referring to David Boer earlier today, you know, talking about, especially if they're training, you know, say, his type of methodologies. Well, I, I don't have to spend a lot of time with them developing speed. We can do just a little bit. So what we'll do is, again, what we might do, uh, uh, you know, some lateral hip work, say, you know, some some uh, uh, side-to-side weight shifts or some uh, almost like lateral shuffles, maybe some karaoke, just a couple of each. We'll do... A sprint at maybe 60%, another sprint at 80%. Now they're ready to go. I don't spend a lot of time warming up. Uh, we just want to make sure that they know how uh, to run. So uh, if it's somebody who has never really done any sprint training before, they're after they've warmed up, the, what we're going to do is some drill work to, to work on some aspect of their speed technique. Then we're going to have them run all out two to four repetitions two to four repetitions of 10 to 30 meters, 10 to 30 yards, if you will. That's it. Okay. Two to four repetitions of 10 to 30 meters. Time it. That's it. Okay. That's after you've done your drill work to try to get their technique correct. Of course, and and technique errors are going to be very specific to the individual. The drill may be very specific to the individual, but for the most part, a little bit of drill work, a little bit of speed work, as hard as they can go, they're done. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, I think, I think that's good. What's that? And you do it, do, it, do it two or three days a week for 30 to 40 minutes, including the warm-up, and they, they watch somebody get faster. They'll get faster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they're prepared like, you know, especially if they're prepared in the weight room like you were talking mm. about. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I may start them like three days a week, maybe two in the weight room, one like the speed type deal. That's my, that's what I would I would do um, more than likely. Yeah. And I think I think the big thing is just I would encourage parents to stay away from the bodybuilding side of stuff. Yeah, it's OK to get, you know, it's almost like treat it like a powerlifting type of program, but obviously not nearly the intensity. You know, right. treat it like the structure of it where you have a main lift and then some supporting stuff. But the supporting stuff should be a blend of athletic, like ISO extreme rebounds, things of that nature, as well as skill in the weight room, too. Because they are inevitably going, if they're going to play sport, they're inevitably going to be lifting in a school weight room. So we might as well go ahead and teach them the right things to do, like hinging. I know the parent that asked this particular question. I've spent a lot of time talking to him about hip hinges and things of that nature. So that's a invaluable exercise right there is learning how to hip hinge. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that, that was a good question. Very good question. And yes. I think I know we've got a lot of, I, I see our market increasing in the parents, which is great. That's our goal. But the parents and kids, which by the way, the kid that followed us on Instagram 
who plays 8U football and your Instagram is an 8U football page. I see you, bro. I like that. Um, <laughs> we got you. Um, I like it. So, parents, if you have a question, let us know. Shoot me a DM. Leave me a comment under the YouTube our, our YouTube page, and I'll be happy to keep breaking that down because we could go more in depth for sure. Absolutely. So, no, it's good yeah. stuff. All right. All right. Cool. So, next, how do you manage expectations? Uh, so, let's say someone's been training a while. Uh, you know, they're going to ultimately hit a plateau. How do we manage expectations? What do you look for? How do we keep it fun? How do we keep this, this kid motivated, uh, this athlete motivated? How do you go about doing that, John? That's another good question. So managing expectations. Um, I lay it out pretty clear in the initial appointment. I tell people, I tell them straight – let me backtrack. I, I've had a lot of struggles with this throughout my career. And I feel like probably four, three to four years ago is when it really started. So we came onto the scene where we are and we blew up because I'm, these guys are getting massive changes out of the, out of the body. Things that ne- nobody's ever seen of. And a lot of people around here called, you know, tried to call bullshit on it. But, like, guys, squats, deadlifts, things going up 50 pounds in a month. I mean, 60s going down, 40s going down. I put eight inches on a kid's vertical jump in, like, three weeks. If you saw my Instagram post a week or two ago, one kid's been with me, what, I think six weeks. He's put on 20 pounds and an eight-inch increase on his vertical. <clears throat> and so what actually ended up happening was that became the expectation for coming to ELP. And that – I, I would warn you coaches that are new, you need to be aware of that and don't make the same mistakes that I did because that really hurt my business because people ended up started coming in and just expecting just the fact that they walked through the doors, they were automatically going to see those types of results. And it ended up hurting me quite a bit because people, oh, you know, the ELP doesn't, you know, that stuff doesn't work and that's, you know, bullshit and all that. So I caution you. Um, now, how, how do you manage it? I lay it out very clearly up front. I, I tell them, I give them a score on where I feel like they are in their eval, and if they don't like it, I, I, sorry. Like, this is just where your kid is. And then in general, I usually tell people, look, it's going to take you at bare minimum three weeks just to get an idea of how things operate at my gym, if not longer. And I structure my price and stuff around that, like, if you're going to be here a month, don't expect anything major. A minimum three weeks just to figure some things out. Then after that, you're probably talking about another six to eight weeks. Like it could take about six to eight weeks to truly see muscular-based changes. It's like where I call that like muscle memory. But then it could take six to eight years <laughs> to mm-hmm. see like fascia-based changes where the fascia remembers these things or connective tissue remembers it. So... It's hard. I think you've just got to be realistic with the person and the athletes, you know, and right. try to avoid the mistakes that I did. And that means stay in constant communication. And we've tried all kinds of things to work with that. Like we used to have athletes fill out scorecards every day and then they were all just lying on the scorecard, <laughs> you right. know? Um, and so, I mean, that, that's tough. Well, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. It, it, that kind of, kind of going back to our previous question, that is, that's the one advantage that you have on speed training. 
You know, mm. if you think of it, especially if you use timing gates or something like that, assuming you measure your distance correctly and assuming you're on the same surface and all that stuff as you were on the, say, on a pretest, is that the scores don't lie. The gates mm-hmm. don't lie. <laughs> that, so it's. Th- yeah, I but the only problem pers- with that, though, is I think there's a lot of variability in that because you, the parameters have to be very similar. Yes, they do. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you need to be in the same surface. You need right. to be on the same. You need to make sure that, like, what you know, did you run into the wind last week and, and right. with the wind this week? And it yeah. makes it really hard because, I mean, a kid, they're going nonstop. Like, I had one of my soccer players the same thing. Like, we timed her and her time dropped a little bit. But it's like, yeah. I know she's gotten faster because her right. parents have even said so. But it's like when I timed her, she's like, she's a little slower. And right. So I find that very hard to follow. Well, it, it does. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's still not perfect, even though you're taking the, uh, the, the thought of say that you're you're not, you're being truly objective, right? Mm-hmm. You're only measuring what the device tells you. Um, so you know that said, you know what we do, you know we do try to keep the same parameters. You always run you know with the wind, trying to use the benefit of the wind, uh, because when you're trying to teach someone to run faster, I don't mind a little bit of overspeed. You know, I don't mind that. that doesn't mean that you're you know they're always going to be running every race with the wind at their back. But when it comes to training, yeah, I always like to, you know, always like to go with the wind when it comes to doing something like that, unless you're specifically trying to do resisted running, okay, which occasionally somebody might want to do. But for the most part, trying to get somebody faster, we run with the wind. Mm-hmm. I want to have over, a little bit of overspeed. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but, but you know, it's just like, yes, I mean, you, you still have to have some sort of measure of objectivity. So if it's you know weight on a bar, okay, fine. That's 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 great. Speed is usually quite easy and very early. It's something that we can usually get good benefit very very quickly with somebody. Now that said, it also tends to level off. Um, mm-hmm. Pure speed, say a ten yard fly, meaning the athlete builds up to running their max speed, then they run they run as fast as they can run for ten yards. You know. You should be able to see a quick improvement in an athlete's speed, that but they tend to level off after, you know, a month or so of of benefiting, and so you have to find some other stimulus, you know, perhaps uh, to get them faster at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got you've got the speed, you've got the seeing strength under the bar improve, you've got just the general ease of movement is something that I'll look at. So like I said, a lot of you know, go to type stuff where they just know they feel better. And I think that is very undervalued. Just kids feeling better because like I said, de-evolution, kids don't move. They don't do things the right way. Like, so and parents are very concerned, at least in my area, parents are very, very concerned with, you know, aches, pains, injuries, things like that. So feeling better, I think is a good way to gauge that. Sure. Verticals, another way to measure that to monitor, monitor progress. Mm-hmm. But that's again, monitoring progress. I think it, we got to re-answer the establishing expectations. And I'm just real with people. I used to not be, but I'm just real. My, I tell you, our program is not for everybody. It's just simply not. And if you're not going to put the work in here, then it's not, you're not going to get the benefit. You're going to end up getting hurt. And I wish I could 
help every single person that comes through from an athlete side of stuff. But being mm-hmm. a Jekyll and high guy with half the day, actually three quarters of my day, probably at this point on the wellness side of stuff, then the other half on the athlete side of stuff, it's just, there's only so much time and energy, right? And so I lay it out very clearly for parents and, and, and athletes in the beginning. This mm-hmm. is what you can expect. And it's going to probably take a good two to three months before you start to see anything. And then it's consistent. And then as a coach or parent, make sure that you're understanding the changes in season and changes in sport. And there's a time to make progress and there's a time to kind of maintain, in my opinion, you know, mm. right. I, and, I, feel and like, honestly, I feel like we've, we've had a disagreement on that before. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I, I don't recall, but, but I will say this, and that is that, that still my number one, um, thing for most of the athletes how are they performing you know not necessarily with me i mean they should improve with me as well yeah but it's how are you performing you know on the court on the field you know on the track wherever it is that you're you know wherever your mm-hmm. your sport is um that's still what we want to see them improve on that's why they're coming to us in the first place in the yeah. mo- for the most part um so you know that's uh you know are, yeah, if performance on the field is why you're there right you know right that's a big so, one seeing your era drop <laughs> you know, yeah. numbers of inning pitch go up, like these types of things, they make a huge difference. Like that's why you're here. And I think, I think you bring up a good point in saying that, especially like we work with a lot of pitchers, right? And I mean, I'm not super worried about their bench press going up super high. Right. Exactly. So what, what are the variables I'm looking for, for you know, managing expectation? Well, I'm looking to see how they pitch. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't necessarily, as you said, correlate with, Weight on a bench press bar, mm-hmm. yeah. For a particular individual, it might, <laughs> but yeah. it's probably it's most likely it's not. So mm-hmm. anyway, yes. Another another good one. It and I do this periodically, not as much as I used to, but with my athletes, it's, and it's really just a time thing. Is actually monitoring force output measurements. So I use a handheld dimometer. I'll check. I mean, at least. Uh, what 16 muscles generally 16 generally 20 muscles is what I'll kind of go for initially if I got to go deeper I will but measuring force output is a very good way to help establish expectations Mm -hmm. so I can think of a kid I just finished wrapping up with he was a wellness client only and I uh, we got him he got him feeling better I was like all right cool things look good go to the doctor make sure they're happy and you're good and cleared but I was like look I'm just being honest with you. And I told the family, he, he's not going to make it. There's too many other things going on. Mm-hmm. He will not, he will, he's not going to make it through the year again. It's going to happen. Like you, and here's ABC. And so as a coach, lay that out, ABCD, this is what's going on. Right. <clears throat> you know, so you can, you can manage expectations because otherwise you're going to end up in the boat that I ended up in where it actually ended up hurting my business because people just thought every time they stepped into ELP, they were automatically going to get better. <laughs> Right, and I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate the confidence, but that's not how it works. Right, yeah, you, you know? got you've got to be able to come in and commit yourself. To right, a certain right. level, a certain yeah. Level of and, what, and what's their so, sleep pattern like? What's their nutrition look like? What does you know their lifestyle in general look like? Right, lay yeah, all that out for everybody so they're aware. You know, absolutely. Um, and I think if the kid is over eighteen percent body fat to start out with then your expectation right up front is to get below, you know, 12, in my opinion. Mm. You know, that's I think that's huge as well because I'm seeing an increase in kids at, you know, 20, 40% body fat. 
Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a yeah. It is kind of interesting to see numbers like that go up. Um, mm-hmm. So, so really, what you're looking for from an expectation standpoint is number one. I mean, a lot of it depends on what, what is that person's goal when they first walk in. What do you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. I mean, at 55, I have a totally different ex- set of expectations for myself than I did when I was 25. What right? don't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep breathing, right? Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, you know, when you know, when twenty five, it's like you know, I'm I'm ten feet tall, invisible, and bulletproof, right? So, yeah. you know, got a totally different uh, set of goals. Yeah. So, um, and mine mine have changed too. I mean, I've been doing this sixteen years now, but I started ELP when I was what twenty four, I think, ish. Now I'm thirty six. And yeah, my, my expectations and things have changed as well. So I'm just really upfront with people and I, and I, just, I tell them like, if you're just not going to, if you're going to commit to it then cool, you'll make progress. If you're not committed to it, then you're just, nothing's going to happen. Right. So, yes. And yes. if that's, if you are the type of person that says, okay, well, my kid's not going to commit to it, then okay, cool. No hard feelings. I'll be, let's, let's find you somebody that might meet your needs a little bit better. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. No, So no. Yeah. And is a, is a, business from a business side of stuff guys there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying you don't know or somebody or something's not the right fit i think people appreciate that because it develops trust and help find them a better fit right you know? so that's a good question all right yes it was i think we actually have three today don't we uh i think that will do it i think that's okay. that's the last one we got to figure out uh i got to clarify the third one a little bit gotcha um we'll get that next time while I was thinking about it, I had to pull it up, but we were talking about the safe introduction for entry, like intro athletes and things like that. I'm sure most of you coaches know who this guy is. He's super popular, and I will probably botch his last name because I've never actually heard it pronounced. But Jeremy Frisch, is that how you say his last name? Uh, Do you know who I'm I talking about? I think so, yes. I, I yeah. know who you're talking about, yes. Guys, if, if you're a parent or if you're a coach and you don't know who he is and you have a young athlete who, again, is probably under 13 in my mind – um, he's awesome. His stuff on Twitter is great. He does everything I think you should do with a kid who's under the shoot. You should do with kids that are older than 13 too, but he's all about games and movement and rolling and crawling and jumping and, you know, monkey bars and all that good stuff. Um, I love his content. He puts out mm-hmm. some really cool stuff. Right. So yeah. definitely if you're a parent, don't know who he is, go give him a follow. He has not been on the show, but maybe he would be. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really yeah. like his content. By the way, I mean, one of those things that that that, uh, that my son was involved with uh, for a while um, recently was uh, training kids for uh, um, uh, ninja, ninja warrior type training, yeah. you know, like yeah, the show. Absolutely. You know what? Go play. Go freaking play. You right. Know, that's what I tell outside. you. That's why, that's why I have an age limit. If you're under, <laughs> under 13, just go play. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, know. you, you don't have to have anything. You don't have no. You're going to be far better off. Mm-hmm. Going and you know do you know climbing and and running and jumping and jumping over puddles and you know cl- and climbing rocks and doing whatever, climbing ropes, climbing monkey bars as you said. I mean, just anything along that line. I mean, it does not have to be anything specially organized. Not not up to the age of you know certainly up to the yeah. age of twelve. Totally agreed. Yeah. So those were good questions. I appreciate yes, you are. guys submitting that and. If that's uh, if that's all we got, then that's all we got today. So, guys, if you uh, like this, share it with somebody. Um, bring us a friend. Bring us a uh, bring us a kid, their family, their coaches, and let's continue to grow this thing. And 
be on the lookout for some of these new episodes coming up. Our format over the holidays is probably going to be a little different than you're used to. So, but uh, yeah, it's been a great year. We'll talk to you guys soon. Yes. See you guys.